and let us ask the Lord to give us ears to hear and minds to understand and hearts to obey. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, which is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our eyes. We are so grateful to you for thy holy scripture because it comforts us, corrects us, rebukes us, trains us and guides us into paths of righteousness. And it is only by your word that we are sanctified. So we pray, O Lord, this morning that you use the preaching of your word to sanctify us and to conform us to the likeness of Christ. And, O Lord, we plead with you that you give us a listening heart. Pay careful attention to your word. Understand what your word says and obey your word wholeheartedly so that we would uh, reflect the power of the gospel in our everyday Christian living. Speak to us, O Lord, this morning and build your church and glorify your name and exalt the authority of your word. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray together. Amen. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28. And whenever I cite the words, I encourage you to read together because uh, passive listening dulls our mind. It is good to be active and engage with the sermon as we listen together. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28. And the title that I have given to this passage, to this verse, and to the sermon today is Three Approaches to Work. Much of our time, active hours, more than being with the family, more than being with the church, we spend time in the workplace. And it is very important for us to understand three approaches to work that the Bible speaks about in verse 28. All my sermon is from verse 28, although I have taken support from the other passages of the scripture so that it would enhance and also give more clarity to what I am speaking from Ephesians chapter 4 verse 28. So the title of the sermon is Three Approaches to Work, The Bad, The Better, and The Best. Three Approaches to Work, The Bad, The Better, and The Best. Let's all read together Ephesians 4 28. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. We see that this letter was written by Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, who founded the church in the book of Acts. And we see how the Lord has used him to found this church and uh, praise God for the wonderful work of this apostle. And uh, what we understand is that this letter was written from prison in order to instruct the church that was newly born both in doctrine and in practice. And uh, one of the things that he encourages them in speaking about practical theology, which is how to practically live your Christian living. And one of the instructions he gives is, about not to steal, but to work hard with your own hands so that you may have something to share with anyone in need. I always love to begin my sermon. Anything that I would like to speak to you, I would love to begin with the nature of God. Because who God is impacts who we are. So Christian living and Christian theology is not man-centered. It is God-centered. God is a root and is the fruit also of that. And if you observe the nature of God, why we should look into the passage is that the nature of God is very important for us to understand what this passage is speaking about. And what is the nature of God? 
we understand that our god is a working god shall we all repeat this together our god is a working god we see that in psalm 121 verse 4 behold he who keeps israel will neither slumber nor sleep if he is not slumbering nor sleeping what is he doing working and the lord jesus said in his earthly ministry the gospel of john chapter 5 verse 17 he said that my father is working until now other translation says my father is always working and i am working too our god is a god who works and because he is a working god the bible says that he has created us in his own image do you all agree with that that god created man and woman in his own image what does it mean that god created in his own image there are right i mean there are several descriptions on what it means that god created in his own image and one of the most important descriptions of we being created in the image of god is that since god is a working god he made us as working beings it is to work god has given us the mind it is to work god has given us the body it is to work god has given us energy it is to work god has given us relationships it is to work god has given us wisdom because god is a working god he has created us in his own image and right after when god created adam the scripture declares in genesis chapter 2 verse 15 the lord god took the man and put him in the garden of eden for what why did god put man into the garden of eden to eat drink sleep is that the reason very good it says that to work it and take care of it god created man to work if you don't work you rot you rust and you ruin exodus 34:21 we says this is a commandment of the lord 6 days you shall work which is one of the most important commandments but on the seventh day you shall rest rest exists because work exists if there is no work we will be only resting but we should rest on the seventh day because we should be working on six days which shows that we should be working more than resting isn't it if you rest more than working that's not good <laughs> we should be working more than resting and 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 10 says that for even when we were with you we would give you this command if any one is not willing to work let him not eat you are not worthy to eat if you are not working are you understanding brothers and sisters and it doesn't mean that this working only confines to what you do in a company it also applies to your work at home if you are a housewife we should be working so we understand that the nature of god is that he is a working god and we also understand that god created us in his own image which is to work and we have seen couple of scriptures how it is important for us to work and now we will look at the bad the better and the best that we see in the world today especially in the christendom 
three approaches to work. The first one we will see is the bad. These are the bad people doing the bad things in the church. And we are particularly looking in the context of the church. And Paul is writing to the believers here. Can believers rob? Some people think believers cannot rob. <laughs> if believers don't rob, Paul need not say these words. It is to the church, to the redeemed people of God, that Paul has written, inspired by the Spirit of God, Ephesians 4.28, it says, Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands. There are three characteristics of the bad people that we see in the scripture. Okay? There are three characteristics. And uh, we may fall in either one of them and we should examine our hearts. The first thing that we see, the first characteristic is the bad people who are the robbers. And it says here that, let the thief no longer steal. Now what is it saying, let the thief no longer steal? So if you were a thief in your pre-converted state, when there was no Christ, when there was no gospel, you have been robbing. But since now you have believed in Christ, you should no longer rob, no longer steal, for that is unfitting to the people of God. So what is stealing, by the way? What is stealing? What is stealing? Yes, right. It is taking something forcibly for yourself that rightfully belongs to others. Isn't it? You take something forcibly that rightfully belongs to others. And the Bible is very particular about stealing. You should not steal. And many of the Christians brag about, you know, oh, we don't steal, we don't rob money, we don't do other things, but intellectual property is something that almost every Christian robs. Pirated softwares, pirated movies, this intellectual property, they rob it and say that they don't rob, but almost every Christian is a robber in that sense. And the Bible says here that it is so important stealing that one of the Ten Commandments, the Eighth Commandment says what? Do not steal. The Bible says do not steal because people are prone to steal. I was studying about, you know, the crime rate report in India in 2023. And in my uh, study of it, the latest crime rate report of India 2003 says that the most common crime in India is theft, followed by robbery and assault. That's the most common crime in India. And the Bible says, especially to Christians here, that we should not steal that which belongs to others. Be it material or be it intellectual or whatever it is, we should not be robbers. The second characteristic that we see in these words and which is, uh, uh, which is possible many of us will fall into that is laziness. That is even the bad characteristic of people. You see what it says here, Ephesians 4.28. You know why two robbers rob? We may not be robbing, but we may have the characteristic of a robber. Because they are lazy. They don't want to work hard 
and earn their living. They want to make money easy way so that they can make money. Ephesians 4.28 says that, let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor. We are made to labor, to work hard. Now, there are three kinds of lazy people that we see in the world today and even in the church. Many of us may not fall into the first category. The first kind of lazy people are some don't work and labor and try making money the easy way by robbing others. Right? They don't want to labor. They don't want to earn, but they want to snatch. There are others who labor and earn and they rob from them. They are the other lazy people. The second lazy people, which is possible for some to fall into that is, some don't work and labor, they remain idle, and they are burdened to others to support them. And that is also the bad, evil characteristic of people. Now, you need to understand, brothers and sisters, as uh, somebody says that, there is no such thing as free lunch. If you are not paying, somebody else is paying. Nothing is free in this world. We, we, we either work and earn or somebody is working hard for us. The Bible says here that we have to work. And this is the second characteristic of the lazy people is that they don't work and labor and always give excuses, remaining idle, and they are burdens to others to support them. You know one thing that I can't bear of myself? Being burdened to others. If others support it, it is because I work. It, others should help because I earn that. But burdening others and they helping me because of my burden is something that is unbearable. Because of a man, I believe that I should work and provide for my living and for my family. And one thing even, you know, that, that may be a sense of pride, but sometimes I say to my sons that if there is one thing that I don't want to be, that is in my old age, I don't want to be dependent on you also to take care of me. I'm, I'm preparing from now on. I'm doing my savings. I'm, I'm preparing from now on how when I'm old, I don't have to depend on my children to support me because I grew up in a way that it is very, very difficult for me to stretch out my hand before anyone and ask for help. And I don't want that to my sons also. And may God have mercy on me and honor my request. And I would be very glad when I die when he answers that. So, but the thing is, some don't work and labor, they remain idle and burden others to support them. And third is, the third kind of lazy people, the first are who? They rob. And second are who? They don't work. And third are those people who work, but they don't labor and, and are lazy in their work. They are irresponsible people in their responsibilities. Do you see that in your workplace? Do you see people who are having good jobs and in positions and they have responsibilities but they are irresponsible? They are lazy. They are not diligent. They are not hardworking and fulfilling the requirements of the company and the managers entrusted to them. And that is also laziness, people. And the Bible tells you that laziness is one thing that we Christians should not encourage in our life. And particularly when it comes to work. And you know the Greek word that is used here, and it's very interesting, the, the meaning of the Greek word when it says, but rather let him labor. You know what is the meaning of it? You'll be surprised actually. It means that 
to work until you are exhausted to work until you are exhausted you give your time and energy to your work and i'm not telling here that you idolize work and work is the only thing that you do you become workaholic no that's not what the scripture means what it says is that when you have been given a responsibility when it is rightful for you as a human to work in that particular work in that particular time give your all so that you can be the best in your work and there is one thing that we understand when we speak about the laziness of the bad part is that laziness has no discipline to labor and we should not entertain that so here is my application if you don't work please understand brothers and sisters if you don't work you are a burden to others you should be a blessing and not a burden we see here paul writing in 2 thessalonians chapter 3 verse 6 to 7 2 thessalonians chapter 3 verse 6 to 7 here is a strong exhortation and uh, and there is a church discipline also that we see here now we command you brothers in the name of our lord jesus christ that you keep away from any brother who is walking in idleness and not in accord with the tradition that you received from us and you see in verse 10 what he says for even when we were with you we would give you this command if anyone is not willing to work let him not eat we should make sure i have i have learned um, i heard that i don't know how how true it is that in the sick community in the sick community they would not let anyone among them to beg on the street if they see any sick on the street begging did you see actually sick people begging i haven't found actually in my life maybe there are i don't know but if they see a sick person begging the sick community cannot bear the sight of it they make sure that they will put him into work and not let him beg on the street bringing shame to the community of their religion very interesting what we find and here also we see that the scripture exhorts the church if you see any brother i mean it doesn't say sister because sisters are not required to work in the company so please don't feel bothered if you are a sister you are not working because your first priority is to take care of the home and the second priority is to work but for a man the first priority is to work outside the house and the second responsibility is to help in the house and the bible tells here that we must make sure that brothers in the church work and not remain idle and if you see any brother in the church not working and remaining idle for a long time you have every authority to go to the brother and say that brother what's wrong with you why are you not working keep bothering the person until he gets a job because it's a shameful thing for a man to be a man and doesn't work and provide for his family i would rather die than live as a man if i don't work and provide for the family that's a manly responsibility and uh, the bible tells that we are not worthy to eat if we don't work so please brothers if anyone here who is not working hard and earning please obey the word of god and earn your living right and if you are not laboring in your work and many of you are working but if you are working be it brothers or sisters if you are not laboring at your work 
the scripture tells in proverbs 10:26 proverbs 10:26 like vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes so is the sluggard to those who send him do you understand what it means what does vinegar give to the teeth it's very sweet right it's very delicate sour right it 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 really it's disgusting to taste vinegar and also smoke to the eyes how is smoke to the eyes very pleasing and a pleasing aroma to the eyes <laughs> no in two things you know what it says it says that it is irritating that is what it means annoying they trouble i know what it is when people don't work diligently under my responsibility how irritating it is i feel like vinegar to the teeth i feel like smoke to the eyes so is a sluggard who is a sluggard sent to him means it says that if you entrust a responsibility to a lazy man he will irritate you <laughs> i'm asking you brothers and sisters do you irritate your bosses in the workplace do they take delight in when they entrust you some responsibility i trust him i lean on him i i count on him because this man this woman is a diligent person responsible person hard working person now that should be the responsibility of the christians and the testimony also i remember many years ago many 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 years ago i i was thinking about starting some part time business so that uh, i can self support because i was always hesitant to stretch out my hands before others so one christian businessman met me and he said that steven if you start a business here is my advice do not employ christians they are lazy people now that's what he said he may be wrong absolute statement is wrong but that's what his experiences his experience and understanding of christians is that they are lazy people they take the grace of god for granted always saying by the grace and by the grace and i'll be lazy in that grace that's not what grace has been given for and brothers and sisters i'm telling you that if you are in a company and if you are an employee and if you are not known for diligence it is a shameful thing for being a christian and bringing disgrace to the name of god and not adorning the word of god please work hard excel do your best and may they know that they, you know why is he hard work he's a christian that's a testimony that we should be earning it doesn't mean we need to be man pleasers working day and night neglecting your family and the church becoming workaholics like some of the people do in the workplace please don't get into the trap what i'm saying is that within the time and responsibility that you have excel read some books on how to really enhance your skills how to really build yourself how to become a diligent worker having a good testimony in the workplace i would love to hear such testimonies about you people and if you are a student how many of you are students may i ask you to stand up please who are not working students right and here is my word of advice to you as your pastor please listen to this if you are a student i'm i'm telling you dear young men and young women please work hard in your studies so that tomorrow you will be in a place 
of excellence for the glory of God. A lot of students today waste their time, waste their parents' investments, waste their time always being with the phone, always glued to the screen, wasting their time, not working hard. You know what will happen to you if you don't work hard? Now, in your studies, focus more on entertainment and enjoyment, not working hard to build your career for tomorrow. You know what would happen? The scripture wants you here. Hear this carefully. Proverbs 20, 12, verse 24. You know what it says? The hand of the diligent will rule. If you are a man of diligence or a woman of diligence, you will be in a position of great influence. And it says, while the slothful, lazy, will be put to forced labor. You know what it means? If you don't work hard now, tomorrow you will be doing the work you, that you don't like. You know, many of the people that I met, they don't like the work that they are doing now. You know why? They did not work hard when they had time. They did not study well when they had the opportunity. What happened? Finally, they end up in a job where they are forced to do something they don't like. And they speak big, big words at the time. Oh, how can I do that work? Huh? What did you do when you were in studying? And they have this egotism, you know, tomorrow. When you become old, I can't do that work. I can't do this. I can't do that. What were you doing then when you were studying? If you waste your time, you will be forced to do work that you don't like. So I encourage you, young men and young women, please work hard. Knowing that you're so blessed to be in a position where your parents are providing you, you have the opportunity to study well. Please don't waste time on amusements, entertainment, and with friends who are not encouraging to you in how to build your life. Please take care of your time. If you work hard now, you enjoy later. If you enjoy now, you will suffer later. Mark my words, the word of God will never go in. If you take it easy, I'm telling you, you are the one who will bear the fruit of it. Please sit down. The C, the third characteristic that we see, the first thing, what do we see in that? In the bad one, the first is steal. The second is lazy. And the third one, they work, but they are dishonest people. It says here, Ephesians 4, 28. It, the word of God doesn't just command to work. It also says how we should work. It says here, let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands. So when you work, you should work with honesty. When you work, you must work with trust. When you work, you must work with faithfulness. It's not just that you're working. Are you faithful in your work? For example, as I was thinking and studying about how people are dishonest in their work, these are some of the ways that they are dishonest. Lying to the authorities and customers. Lying to the authorities and customers. Exaggerating how many hours you work. When they ask you how many hours, you exaggerate. This is a big problem in the companies. Breaching the confidentiality of the company, which is nothing but dishonesty. Misuse of company's things. You bring some things to your home as if they have given you as a gift to take home. It is nothing but dishonesty. Misusing company's time. When work from home is given and these days work from home is a blessing. Praise God. If you finish the work, that is good. A lot of people don't finish the work and do house chores and go here and there. Sometimes even the sacred church meetings they attend by neglecting the work. And they are dishonest. 
dishonest because nobody is watching dishonesty with money with the money that has been given misspending it misusing it absent during online meetings i have seen that how people are dishonest as i was studying on that they say that people are absent during online meetings giving an appearance that they are there while they are not there they switch on the meeting put an avatar there and they go and do their own work now if you don't want to attend meeting don't attend tell them that i'm not attending meeting but don't give the impression that you are attending you are there and your video is off while you are doing other things and you're not bothered about it at all is it honesty or dishonesty dishonesty it is oh all others are doing you are not like others you are a christian you are a believer you are not like the world you are the light of the world are you understanding you are not like the world you are the light of the world false leaves false claims of benefits bribery all these are evils that are prevailing in the society today i was doing a, a study on embroker which is a, a secular company that does research about the work and in 2023 this is the report that they have given is your company a den of thieves wow <laughs> what a great title right is your company a den of thieves where there are robbers employees are robbers there shockingly 75% of employees admit to stealing at least once from from their employer everything from scrolling social media during a meeting to sharing confidential documents with an outside source can be considered workplace theft more than 30% of business bankruptcies are due to employee theft wow think about uh, you know people like joseph what happened when joseph came into potiphar's house the bible says he prospered that he didn't go bankrupt <laughs> What happened when Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego went into Babylon? The nation prospered. He did not go bankrupt. But today when many Christians go into the workplace, they become bankrupt. Why? They're lazy, they're not sincere. Brothers and sisters, we should not be like that. We wherever we go, you should be a person on demand. They should even when they think about, you know, layovers, they should not think about you. Why? you are the most useful person in the company they should dare not think about removing you even during the layover if you say that lay me aside they should say no 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 we don't want to let you go because you are a man of diligence and faithfulness such should be the testimony of the believers of the lord jesus christ there is another theft that i would like to tell you which many of us many of us commit you know what is a theft if i say to you you will somewhere you should get a trigger actually in fact uh, i i have uh, i have uh, something to even even i was uh, you know pricked in this matter that i have to return something because uh, from a library that i have taken two books and i haven't returned forgot about it and they are also not very active but still i wanted to go and give back those two books you know what borrowing something from others and not returning is a decent way of stealing things they are decent burglars and robbers decent they are well, can i borrow the book can i borrow the money can i borrow this thing and they don't return think about how many things you have in your house that you borrowed and are lying there you did not return you know what the bible says In Psalm 
the wicked borrows and does not return you should memorize this we all should memorize this psalms 37 verse 21 what does it say psalm 37 21 what the wicked borrows and does not repay you know it says that according to these days you know how credit cards are making money luring people you know why it says that if your friend according to credits.com it says that 42% of respondents said that they lost money through loans made to friends and family members so what credit cards are doing if your friend or a family member is in need tell them to get credit from the bank you don't give because if you give they will not return but if the bank gives they will know how to get back <laughs> do you borrow how many of you have borrowed money from anyone first of all it's not good thing to borrow and if you have borrowed if you are not returning brothers and sisters i'm telling you you are a thief i am a thief even if it is a book if you have borrowed or anything not return i'm telling you by god's grace do not harden your heart go back and return things that you have borrowed from today and don't be a robber because borrowing and not returning is also stealing please understand this the second kind of people that we see the first is the bad what is the bad again to recollect what is the bad three characteristics steal lazy dishonest we may not be stealing right what about laziness what about dishonesty when that's a bad thing the bible says the second is better people they are second is better people who are the opposite of ephesians 428 shall we read this together let the thief no longer steal but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands so if the bad steal lazy and dishonest who are the better here the better people they don't steal the better people work hard now there are three characteristics of the better people who are they they put their time and energy into work and progress in their responsibilities they pour themselves and they progress and they will be like the person proverbs 22:29 says proverbs 22:29 what does it say this is my one of my favorite verses in the in the book of proverbs it says that do you see a man skillful in his work do you see hard working skillful in his work where does he work what does the bible say he will stand before kings he will not stand before obscure men because they are better they are hard working and and the lord will exalt them you you see any person in the holy bible how they were exalted joseph he went as a slave became the in charge of potiphar's house he went as a prisoner he became a prime minister daniel you see the nehemiah cupbearer which was one of the most trustworthy responsibilities because of which he used his influence to do good for the people of god this is what the bible says here that if you are a hard working skillful person you will be a person on demand you will not serve the obscure men you will serve before kings and they are the better people second we see that they are honest trustworthy and work with integrity they are honest trustworthy and work with integrity proverbs 28 verse 20 says a faithful man will abound with blessings but whoever hastens to be rich 
will not go unpunished. What he says is, don't be unfaithful to make money. Don't be unfaithful in making quick wealth. Be faithful, be patient, wait, and the Lord will bless you, and the Lord will exalt you. Don't turn to quick earning ways by being unfaithful, which is not a good thing. And let me tell you, brothers and sisters, if you are a faithful person, the Lord shall remember and will bless you. And also the faithful people, we also see that they are not a burden to others, but work with their own hands. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, please be a blessing. Be a blessing. Always have this conviction. Even I tell to my sons also sometimes, you know, when they ask for something here and there, I tell them, you, you guys work tomorrow as much as you are needed, parents will provide you. But don't ask for more luxuries. Be a man enough to work and provide for yourself. I know some young people, you know, who say to the parents that if you don't buy me a bike, I will commit suicide. It's better for those sons to die than to live. Honestly. I would say that I will in, forget about you dying. I'll kill you, actually. If you ask me next time, I'll say that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> if you don't die, I will kill you. <laughs> and work. Don't be a burden to your parents also. Get what is necessary. Even beyond that, work. Ecclesia Publishers is, I told Danny that we, we, are, we need some, we'll pay you some money and employ you. Young people who don't have work, who are studying, come. We will give you some work so that you can work and earn something to meet your needs. But don't be a burden on others. 1 Thessalonians 4.11 says here, 1 Thessalonians 4.11 says, Aspire to live quietly and to mind your own affairs and to work with your hands as we instructed you so that you may walk properly before outsiders and be dependent on no one. Do you see that? The Bible says don't be dependent on anyone. Don't depend. Work. And when it says walk properly, it means have respectable life. Because if you don't work, if you depend on others, nobody respects you. Now these are the better people. Who are the better people now? Who are the better people? The, they work with their own hands and not are dependent on anyone. Second, they labor, they work hard. And third, they are faithful, walk in integrity, trustworthy men. And now we'll come to the best. Now who are the best people? Now there are a lot of better people, but we should aim for the best. What is the best? Shall we all read this together, Ephesians 4.28? Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. The bad steal, they are lazy, they are dishonest. The better labor, honest, they are not dependent on anyone. And you know who are the best? Who are the best? Yes. The best people are not just laboring. They're also good at sharing with anyone in need. They share. They're generous people. They are givers. They are a blessing to others. What makes them the best is not just their sincerity and labor. You know, what makes them the best is their generosity. Now, according to this Ephesians 4.28, what is the purpose of work? What is one of the purposes of work? What is one of the purposes of work? So that you may share with others who are in need. 
It's not just to provide for ourselves and also for our family, but also to, you know, this is what is Christianity. Christianity is a radical faith. Why? It tells the burglar, instead of robbing in your pre-converted state now, you should be giving away to others. What a great command to the robbers, right? A burglar becoming a benefactor, <laughs> a philanthropist. And that's what Christianity is radical. And that is the, one of the great purposes of work so that we, we work hard, earn our living, and be a blessing to others. And this is what even Paul told to the elders in Ephesians. In Acts chapter 20, verse 33 to 35, we see here. Acts chapter 20, verse 33 to 35. And I say the same thing to pastors also. Wherever I go, one, one of my burdens is that I tell pastors, it says that in, in 1 Timothy 5.17, those who labor, the same Greek word that you see in Ephesians 4.28 is used in 1 Timothy 5.17. Those who labor in preaching and teaching are worthy of double honor. They are the ones who should be paid. And I tell pastors, in my experience, I honestly say that the people who waste their time a lot, the people who waste their time a lot without discipline of labor, I have seen in my Christian life are pastors, full-time ministers, honestly. Because there is no one to hold them accountable. They do whatever they want and they don't labor in the responsibilities they have been entrusted to. Very few people I have seen in my Christian life who are laborers and bear fruit for the glory of God. Many of them waste their time and life in the name of full-time ministry. And we see here in Acts 20, verse 33 to 35, it says here, Paul says here that I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. You yourselves know that these hands, maybe he might have said that when he says these hands means he stretched out his hand and said that these hands ministered to my necessities and to those who were with me. In all things I have shown you that by working hard in this way, what should you do? We must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Do you see here the same thing what Paul has written in Ephesians 4.28 he says in Acts chapter 20 verse 35 that we must work hard so that we can share and be a blessing to others. So we work hard not to store wealth but to channel wealth. Yes we provide for ourselves and for our families and at the same time to share with others. Now here is a terrible possibility that I want to tell you brothers and sisters. If you have the habit of sleeping, you listen to this and then go back to sleep. But listen to what I'm saying. It is very, very important. It is terribly possible to be a hard-working Christian, sincere Christian in the workplace, and yet not be generous in your life. And there are many such folks in churches today. It is terribly possible to be a hard-working, sincere Christian in the workplace and yet not live a generous life. And I think that is not the best. We should aim to become the best Christians, best workers who are not sufficient with being better, but they share and are generous. And I know some of the people, I don't know all people, but I know some of the people who are so generous in the church. They go beyond their means and they give and help others. And I believe that the Lord will greatly 
reward them and they will not let them down. But the question that comes to us is this. You know, one of the questions that people ask me when I go here and there in the seminars and meet people is that, is it wrong to be rich? Is it wrong to be rich? And I tell them that, you know, God gives the riches for your enjoyment. But you know what you should do? He gives you for enjoyment. It is nothing wrong in being rich. And they get surprised actually. Bible itself says that in 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 17. Hear this carefully before I land at the final text. As for the rich in the present age, charge them not to be haughty, not to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. Do you see that? God is not a God who doesn't want us to enjoy. Some people think, you know, enjoying life is a sinful thing. When Bible says that, God provides us everything to enjoy. So enjoy material blessings if God has given you. But one thing you should be very careful about. You know what? Don't set your hope on that. Verse 18, you see what it says. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. Four times it is mentioned the same thing in different ways. What? Do good. Rich in good works, generous and ready to share. Thus storing up treasures for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. So is it wrong to be rich? No. Enjoy riches wrong? No. But don't set your heart on riches. And be generous. Share. Give away. And the Lord will bless you. Now the question that comes to us is, why should the thieves no longer steal as Ephesians chapter 4, uh, uh, 4 verse 28 says? Why should they no longer steal? Why should they work hard? Why should they be generous? Why should they be sincere? Why? 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 Why should they be bothered about living such a grand life? Why? A sacrificial life, honest life, hardworking life. You know why? Verse 20 gives the answer. If you don't understand verse 20 and the following, it doesn't make any difference. You know why? He says that after, before he gave this exhortation, he reminds them of this thing. Follow carefully, brothers and sisters. Verse 20. But that is not the way you learn Christ. That is the gospel. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus... What he's saying is that assuming that you have known the gospel, and what is the gospel? That Jesus left his heavenly glory, took the form of the sinful man, he suffered for the sins of the people on the cross, he satisfied the justice of God, demonstrated the love of God, laid his life on the cross, and he died and rose him from the dead. Assuming that you know this gospel, believed in this gospel, if you have done so, he says, verse 22, if you have believed... Put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through sinful desires. Which means, don't be lazy anymore. Don't be dishonest anymore. Don't steal anymore. Why? Because Christ died for the sin of stealing. Christ died for the sin of laziness. Christ died for the sin of dishonesty. So that you and I who repent and believe in the gospel would no longer steal, no longer be lazy, no longer be unfaithful. How should we be? Verse 23. And to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self 
created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Put off the old self, which has sinful desires, and put on the new self after the likeness of God. What is the likeness of God? Don't steal. One of the descriptions. Don't be a burden to others. Don't be lazy. Be diligent. Don't be unfaithful. Be honest. Be a person of integrity. That is how you walk in the power of the gospel. And this is the reason Paul says that you should not do that because that reflects the power of a life transformed by the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The question to you and me, brothers and sisters, is this. Do we reflect the power of the gospel in our lives? In our honesty, in our hard working, in our generosity, are we reflecting the power of the gospel? If you are not, at this time, it is opportunity for us to repent of our sin. And we have a loving God who loves us and cares for us, who is willing to change us, who is willing to enable us in our weakness. Ask God, Lord, you forgive my sin of dishonesty and laziness because I'm a child of yours and I should live a life worthy of your calling. And if you are an unbeliever, I encourage you to repent of your sin and believe in this gospel of the Lord Jesus that he died for your sin and rose from the dead and is able to transform your life and make it effective for his glory. Shall we all rise on our feet and pray together for the Lord's work? Shall we all rise on our feet and pray? Actually, <clears throat> before I pray, I just want to read, uh, because some of you don't know this. In my blog on June 2nd, 2012, I have written this article about my life from burglar to benefactor. From burglar to benefactor. And this is only an excerpt I'm not reading. I'll share in the church group. You can read the entire article if you want. But listen to this, what God has done in my life. As I reflect on my life before Christ, I feel ashamed of being a thief. I was clever at stealing from the time I was a small kid, stealing toys in shops. But in my teens, I remember once robbing a set of products from a big shop. My friend was a decent guy and was so afraid of joining with me in this theft. Nevertheless, I persuaded him not to fear to steal the products. Somehow, I was observed and was caught outright. My friend and I were dragged to the nearby police station. When we watched other thieves badly beaten by the police, my friend was too afraid and shivered. As we were waiting for our trial in the station, we subtly escaped and ran like a deer from its predator and jumped into a running bus. As I grew, I became more active in stealing things. I robbed enormous amounts of money from workplaces, got involved in the distribution of counterfeit currency, produced fake identity cards, and stole various things as I got opportunities. I was robbing so much money in my youth, not knowing where to store it. I used to dump money in a box, buying material things, and enjoying a luxurious lifestyle. Influenced by some people who gained a lot of money from burglary, I even was forming a gang and planned to rob houses. If I had not been transformed by Christ at that time, you could imagine what kind of a stigma I would have been to my family and a great trouble to the society. If not for Christ, I'm sure I could have become either a smuggler or a criminal. When I trusted Christ Jesus, another thing I have noticed in my life is that the Lord turned my heart from greed to generosity. My heart broke when I saw people in need. 
and god gave me his abundant grace to help others earlier i robbed things which belonged to others but after knowing christ i have learned to share what belonged to me this doesn't mean i am perfect and selfless but progressively growing in the grace of generous living in all my more than 25 years of my life in christ i am grateful to god for using a once upon a time thief to help countless people in various ways such is the power of the gospel this is what christ does when he comes into a sinful life turning a burglar into a benefactor let's pray heavenly father we thank you and praise you for the power of the gospel we thank you lord for jesus died for the sin of stealing for the sin of borrowing money and not returning or things for the sin of laziness for the sin of dishonesty and we thank you that all the punishment he had taken upon himself so that we would not suffer the sins we have committed and that we repent and believe in him so that we find forgiveness in christ and lord you have called us as we find forgiveness in christ as we believe in the gospel you have called us to live a different life a life of diligence a life of honesty and a life of generosity pray lord that you give us your grace to have a good testimony at home as some of them are housewives and some of them are working in the workplace and all men should be working in the workplace lord help us to excel with good testimony for the glory of your name for adorning the gospel of the lord jesus christ like joseph and daniel and shadrach meshach abednego nehemiah help us to be like those excellent men in our workplace o oh lord may we not take the workplace for granted may we not take our job for granted we are not just there to make money we are there to shine the power of the gospel of christ and help our church to be a blessing in this matter and help us to be the best people o oh lord working hard being faithful and sharing generously what we have with others in need make us generous people build the church and glorify your name and help us to be careful on how we work outside the home and the church in the name of our lord jesus we pray amen amen thank you for listening to the message we believe you have been greatly encouraged in your heart steven david also writes articles that are relevant to today's generation you may read them on his blog www.messageforourage.blogspot.com i repeat www.messageforourage.blogspot.com you may also email him at cstevendavid@gmail.com i repeat c s t e p h e n d a v i d @gmail.com Grace and peace be to you.